This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville is taking on cryptocurrency for those planning their retirement. Tuberville has introduced the Financial Freedom Act, which would prohibit the U.S. Department of Labor from issuing more regulations on how a person invests their 401k retirement plan. Tuberville says that the federal government should not be overreaching into individual investors who are looking to invest in cryptocurrency. The move from Tuberville comes after the Department of Labor released a specific regulation this past March that targets in particular cryptocurrency. Tuberville says when a taxpayer has earned their paycheck, it's their prerogative to invest the money how they see fit. Tuberville says his bill will allow for that freedom. The senator wrote an op-ed piece about the bill for the CNBC website. Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall issues an indictment against the former clerk of the town of Akron for stealing public funds. 42-year-old Diane Taylor served as the town clerk in Akron up until November of 2020. She is now accused of stealing $100,000 in public funds while in that position. The charges also indicate that as the town clerk, Taylor would access the public library bank account in order to make some purchases with that money for personal use. Taylor was arrested and charged this week and has now been released on bond. The Special Prosecutions Division within the state attorney general's office is handling this case. Airbus out of Mobile is expanding. The company is announcing plans to build a second assembly line for their A320 airplane. By the year 2025, Airbus plans to increase their production of this particular aircraft to 75 per month. They'll be able to do so by adding this new production line. The announcement comes as the company releases their first quarter report for 2022. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn and seven other Republican senators are demanding answers from the Biden administration for the Afghanistan withdrawal and the left-behind biometric data. The Republicans are asking the State Department and the Department of Defense to turn over documents regarding the massive amount of data left behind. That data has now helped the Taliban identify and locate the Afghani allies who worked with the U.S. military forces that were sent into that region to stabilize the area and fight terrorism. This comes on top of leaving behind $7 billion worth of U.S. military hardware equipment, and weaponry. The letter crafted by the Republican senators says that iris scans, fingerprints, photographs, occupational data, home addresses, and the names of family members were all in the systems that were abandoned and left behind when the U.S. military withdrew in August of 2021 at the direction of President Joe Biden. The information is confirmed to have increased Taliban-targeted killings, torture, and forced disappearances of certain Afghan people. The congressional inquiry comes after the organization Human Rights Watch released the report regarding biometric data. Special Counsel John Durham continues to make the headlines since he continues to make court filings that involve a lawyer for the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign, Michael Sussman. Sussman is accused of interacting with Christopher Steele, the one who produced the Steele dossier, which launched Democrats into accusing Donald Trump of colluding with Russia to win the 2020 presidency. This week, Durham asked for the judge to personally review these documents and determine if the jury should also see this evidence during the trial. The documents are all related to Hillary Clinton, 
her lawyer, Michael Sussman, the British spy Christopher Seal and his Russian dossier, and campaign manager Robbie Mook. Judge Cooper did grant Durham's request, despite the defense attorneys for Sussman trying to invoke attorney-client privilege to withhold those documents. Durham contended that claim by saying the documents he seeks have no connection to any actual or expected litigation or legal advice. Louisiana Senator John Kennedy is not a fan of the newly formed Disinformation Governance Board from within the Department of Homeland Security. Kennedy is also definitely not a fan of any type of Mary Poppins spoofs like what was done by the new board's director, Nina Janowicz, as she tries to detail her interpretation of what disinformation is. Information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or mainstream outlets odious. Information's origin seems slightly less atrocious. (laughs) Kennedy spoke about Janowicz to the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, during a Senate Oversight Committee meeting. Uh, I am in awe of Ms. Jankowitz. I have watched her with slack-jawed astonishment. Who picked her? Senator, the uh, Senator Kennedy, it's nice to see you as well. The Department of Homeland Security selected Ms. Jankowicz. Who at the department? Um, Senator, we, we don't discuss our hiring, our internal hiring processes, but I am the Secretary of Homeland Security, and ultimately I am responsible. When, you, uh, when the department picked her, did, did it know that she had said that Mr. Hunter Biden's laptop is Russian disinformation? Um, Senator, uh, let me let me uh, repeat myself and add one uh, other fact. I was not aware of that. Uh, we do not discuss the internal hiring process. Ultimately, as the secretary, I'm responsible for the decisions of the Department of right. Homeland Security. When when uh, when the department picked Ms. Jankowitz, did it know that she had vouched for the veracity of the Steele dossier? Uh, Senator, let me um, repeat myself and add an an additional fact. Um, uh, We do not discuss uh, internal hiring processes. I was not aware of that fact. Uh, It is my understanding that Ms. Jankowicz is a subject matter expert in the field in which she will be working on. I can tell. When, When the department picked her, was the department aware of her TikTok videos? Uh, Senator, um, uh, I was... They're really quite precocious. Mr. Secretary, I meant what I said. It is nice to see you, and I do think you're a nice man. But I would call in as soon as you get back to the office, uh, and I would ask that person who recommended Ms. Jankowicz to you, and I would fire him on the spot. There are now 20 Republican attorneys general who have signed on to a letter headed to the Department of Homeland Security about this disinformation governance board. The letter is threatening immediate legal action if Mayorkas does not disband the board. In the letter, the AG say this type of government oversight on free speech will have a chilling effect on the First Amendment, and it also violates constitutional freedoms. Alabama's attorney general is also one who signed on to this latest letter. The national group of frontline doctors are calling a decision by the Food and Drug Administration shocking. The FDA has given approval for remdesivir to be used to treat the COVID-19 virus in babies. 
The drug remdesivir was first tested as a treatment for Ebola years ago, but did not do well in that testing. Remdesivir was then repurposed by the National Institute of Health and Dr. Anthony Fauci in order to be used in treating COVID-19 in 2020. Hospitals were given bonus payments for making the drug part of their rigid hospital protocol for treating COVID-19. The frontline doctors say the drug is completely ineffective to treat COVID-19 and instead creates severe side effects that can be fatal, such as multiple organ dysfunction syndrome, kidney failure, and septic shock. The frontline doctors say they are appalled that it's now being given the go-ahead for use in eight-pound babies that have zero chance of dying from COVID-19, even if they do happen to catch the virus. During the week that a Supreme Court document was leaked out regarding Roe v. Wade potentially being overturned, now a Republican primary candidate for the Pennsylvania Senate race reveals an incredible story about her birth while she debated other candidates. Here's Kathy Barnett. Uh, whether this was a leak or whether it was a tactical operation, we will soon figure out. But one thing is clear. I am so very grateful that our nation is now having a very important conversation, and that is one of the most important conversations that is about life. I am the byproduct of a rape. My mother was 11 years old when I was conceived. My father was 21. I was not just a lump of cells. As you can see, I'm still not just a lump of cells. My life has value. And that is one of the reasons why it was so very disturbing when I saw Mehmet Oz running for this particular race, when I've seen him on numerous occasions, and specifically at the Breakfast Club, saying that my life was nothing more than an acorn with electrical currents. Barnett is seeking to be the Republican candidate. She is up against Dr. Mehmet Oz. I am wondering if the good doctor has now since changed his position on that. My life is valuable, and so are the, and so are the many lives that find themselves in the womb of their mother, whether in the womb or towards the end of that life. Dr. Oz, you have 30 seconds to respond. That was directed at you, sir. As a heart surgeon, I've operated on small children, a few days old and witness the majesty of their hearts pounding blood, even though it's ill because I'm operating on them, uh, through those bodies. I would never think of harming that child or even nine months earlier because life starts at conception. Oz now says he's pro-life, but past comments on the Breakfast Club radio program says otherwise. I don't quite get it as a doctor. And the other thing is this whole thing about heart beating. I mean, there are electrical changes at six weeks, but the heart's not beating. Mm. If 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 you were to say... Starting from when we can hear the heart, like mm-hmm. when the heart's really doing something, that would be different. Mm-hmm. That's not six weeks, though. So if you can define life by a beating heart, then make it a beating heart. Not little electrical sh- changes in a, in a cell that's not a, that no one would here would think about as a heart. What I do know as a physician is if you're going to make it a, if the litmus test is the heart's beating, then really make it the heart beating. Don't make some surrogate version of it right. when you know cells are you know, or, you know, have an electrical path. That's, 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 not what, that's not what the average person thinks. Right. The average person is visiting a little acorn heart beating in there. That's not what's that's going not on what at six weeks. And I think the, 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 the rule that, that most Americans seem to support is if the child was viable outside the womb, then you don't want to kill that child. Mm-hmm. If the child was not going to be able to survive outside the mom, then, it's, then the mom runs the show. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. And as we head into the weekend, let me end this podcast with a really special Mother's Day story. This is a story that is nothing short of miraculous, and it happened recently in East Alabama. Alicia Morgan lost her son to suicide just five and a half years ago when Jordan was only 22 years old. Then a classmate from the very same high school that Jordan attended died in a sudden car crash 
putting that community in grief for losing two young lives so close together in time. Alicia Morgan kept her son's cell phone number on her phone and over the past five years would send him random texts about how much she missed him and loved him. More recently, Alicia tells 1819 News Managing Editor Erica Thomas that she had a dream about her son, and this is what she did next. Um, I got up after having a dream of my son, and I sent him that random text like I've been doing for five and a half years. And I got ready, and I came to work, and then right before lunch, I got a message that said, who is this? And when my son's name popped up, I was like, oh, my God. So that's how the conversation began, and I apologized because I had no idea who it was, and I apologized for disturbing whoever this is. And I said, you know, my son passed away from suicide 2016. His name was Gordon, and just went on from there, and then she texted me and apologized, and kind of that was it. And then late that night, she texted me back and said, is your son Jordan Morgan? And I'm like, oh, my God. So that's how we began talking. Then it was even a deeper connection because the two boys were actually really great friends all through school. So it was just kind of a, a I would call it a God wink. When God knows you, you need a little something to to show that he's real and he's there, I feel like that's what happened because after five and a half years of sending texts, all of a sudden, bam, I get a reply. The young lady who responded to Alicia's text was Alexis Sankey. She's the sister to the other young man who died that same year in a car crash. Alexis says they plan to get together in the days ahead. Yeah, we have a, um, we have a, um, a date set up for a girl's day set up for us coming up soon. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm ready to hear, you know, how Jordan was, you know, and I'm ready to tell her how Rock was growing up. Like, yeah, um, I'm excited for it. And most certainly they will talk about how divine intervention brought them together for support and friendship, all from a random text and a willingness to respond. You can read more details about this story and even see the text messages between the two ladies by going to 1819news.com. I'm Andrea Tice. I will be back again on Monday. Until then, have a wonderful weekend and happy Mother's Day. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 